Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to That's the Tea, the podcast that gives you football news in the most digestible way possible. My name is RJ, and I'm here with my co-host, Ryan. And this week, we're going to change it up a little bit this time around, because we are giving everyone here listening a little football lesson to prepare them for the upcoming season. How are you doing, Ryan? Doing great. I get to be a professor today. I mean, yes. you, you, you got to be one, too. We will both be professors today as... The NFL season's kind of starting with the NFL draft happening this month. We decided that it would be best for our listeners and for the people to kind of get a better understanding of how the league and the NFL is structured. Yeah. Um, ready to start us off? Or, I mean, I can, ready for me to start us off? Yeah, so let's start off with, like, the most basic knowledge of, like, what the NFL is in terms of how it's structured with conferences and divisions, because I feel like that's a, those are a couple of words that get tossed around like all the time. So what does that actually yeah. mean? Got it. Super, super simple. Uh, the NFL has 32 teams, right? Um, these 32 teams are split into two separate conferences or two separate groups. Um, they're just groups. Conference is synonymous with group. Uh, it's the American football conference and the national football conference. Uh, no one really says the full name. It's always AFC and NFC. Uh, and quick history lesson on why it's split into two different things was before like this 1970s-ish, did you know that there were two professional football leagues in America? Not just one NFL, it was the AFL and the NFL. Similar to kind of like how we have like the XFL now and the AFL, but like they're just off to the side. Uh, so they'll never, they'll never be invited in. Yeah, yeah, because they're not as big. But I guess back then there was like two really big leagues like this. And then they merged. And I think the NFL got the, you know, the good end of the stick because uh, they, they got to keep the name. And the new league was just called their old name. The AFL was like, or the, the AFC was kind of like, or the, yeah, AFL, the American Football League is just like off to the side. Um, yeah, and that, that's basically why we have two conferences. And because there's two conferences, it's split right down the middle. So 16 and 16. Um, I guess for the teams in each conference, it's just kind of spread across the country. It's not based on a region or location at all. However, within each conference, I, you're, you're laughing. Yes, just because... <laughs> Like you, they have these names, and I think you're about to say like the NFC West, the AFC yeah. East, but these cities are nowhere near them. Sometimes, like nowhere near the eastern part of the United States or the yeah. northern part of the United States. That's why I just laughed. Exactly, but so at, at the conference level, I guess there's no correlation whatsoever. <laughs> at the division level, things start making sense a little bit more. It's like a your intuition can kind of, I guess, place teams together um, because so within each conference, there's four divisions. Um, each division has four teams. So four times four gives you 16 teams in each division. So in the whole league in total, there would be eight divisions. So it's just some simple math. Um, and with divisions, they were kind of set up, uh, I guess, depending on the, the division based on location of the team and the historic ri rivalries. And I guess it made sense to pair these teams uh, or pair teams up into the same division if they are uh, relatively in the same area. Because if you have to play each of these uh, other three teams in your division two times each season, it's a lot of travel. If you know, you're you have a team 
that's like 3000 miles across the whole country. And a good example of this is like the NFC West, your favorite division, RJ. Um, you have the Seattle Seahawks if we're working from north to south. Um, it's on the West Coast. And then you work your way down. You have the San Francisco 49ers in California and the LA Rams in Southern California. And then if you just go a little bit to your right, you get the Arizona Cardinals. So in a way, they are kind of centered in the West, although albeit it's like split between three different states. Yes. And something to mention, too, is that I don't think they have like a set or like permanent formula for how the divisions are set, because I'm pretty sure they changed it like 20 years ago, like in 2000 was the most recent change. So, I mean, 20 years is a while, but it's also like we never know if they're going to change the divisions again. That is true because you also get a lot of teams that could relocate. And I think exactly we just mentioned one, the LA Rams, like maybe four or five years ago. I don't have the exact time frame. They were in St. Louis. Exactly. Right. So mm-hmm. lots of moving pieces. Divisions could always change. But right now I feel like they're in a pretty decent spot. Wait, quick question then. Mm-hmm. When the Rams were in St. Louis, were they still part of your division? They were, right? I think they were. Seattle wasn't. And it, um, Atlanta was actually in our division. Okay, yeah. Okay, so yeah, these things change. Um, I guess right now it makes sense why uh, it's called the NFC West, but I guess at some point it did not make sense because San Francisco 49ers in California, the Atlanta Falcons are in Atlanta, probably some state in the East Coast. It's me a little concerned how it took them however many years before 20 years ago to realize that, you know, the NFC West should have teams on the West. (laughs) It's because... (laughs) That's not what they're concerned about. You know, they're concerned about the, the, the game, the sport, and how it's played, you know? Not mm. where these teams are located. Come on now. So simple-minded. Well, <laughs> hopefully I can regain my credibility as we talk about the next topic, which is how NFL matchups and the seasons and I guess like how the games are structured. So who plays who every single season? And I guess I could go kind of into the anatomy of the NFL schedule. So As of last year, every team started to play 17 regular season games with one bye week, which is also referred to as an off week. Teams alternate each season between hosting either nine regular season games and one preseason game or eight regular season games and two preseason games. I didn't know that, actually. That was my first time knowing that. I didn't know that either. I didn't know it was split like that. Yeah. Um, Even more interesting stuff, because I never knew how, I guess, the NFL schedule was created, so... Here you go, Ryan. The first six games, you should know. Yes. Games against division opponents. So these are which two games are, there are two games per team in division, one at home, one on the road. Pretty self-explanatory. The second one are four games against teams from a division within their conference. So two games at home, two on the road. Other four games. Wait, so, so, so these four games against teams uh, from a division within your conference so if you're in the AFC, you stick within the AFC. But these four games are just random uh, teams from the other three, uh, I guess, divisions? Or does it actually matter which division they're in? So let me pair this with the example that I have. So I've actually okay, okay. pulled Perfect. up the Bengals schedule from last year. So the six games against their division opponents, the Bengals are in the AFC North. So they play two games against the Ravens, two against the Browns, two against the Steelers. Okay. Okay. They played four games against teams from a division within their conference. So that conference last year was the AFC West. So they played oh, one okay. home game against the Chargers, a home game against the Chiefs, 
one away game against the Raiders and away game against the Broncos. Okay. So in a way, I, I guess you just answered my question. It's like division versus division. Correct. Yes. Okay. Got it. Makes sense. However, the other oh, four God. games, well, it gets a little complicated. So okay, okay. we're going to backtrack just a little bit though. There are four games against teams from a division in the other conference. So the Bengals are in the AFC. Now they'll play four games against an NFC division. And last year it was the NFC North. So they played one home game against the Vikings, a home game against the Packers, an away game against the Bears, and a away game against the Lions. Okay, so right now we are sticking. Uh, no, not sticking. We have 14 games out of the way. 14 games. So here's okay. the last three. The <laughs> okay. last two games are games against teams from the two remaining divisions in their own conference. One game at home and one on the road. These matchups are based on division ranking from last season. So with the Bengals, they were last in their division. So what does that mean? They will play the AFC East, the last, the last place team in the AFC East, and the last place team in the AFC South. Because those are the two divisions that they didn't play. Two ah, full divisions a lot of sense play. now. Okay. Okay. So that's why they played the Jets and the Jaguars last year. Okay. So that was when we only had 16 games. So now we have the 17th game. And now the 17th game is a game against a non-conference opponent from a division that they haven't played this year. So last year, they didn't play the NFC West. So they played the NFC West and they they played the last place team in the NFC West last year, which was the 49ers. Okay, you have me a little bit lost on that last one. Mm-hmm. So then it, let me try to re- restate that last thing you said. So they, so this, this year they're playing the NFC North, right? This was last year. This is all yeah, last okay, year. Yeah. Okay, so, so if we're looking at last year, they, they, uh, for last year they played the NFC North. Um, mm-hmm. The one game against a team from an opposing conference, mm-hmm. so it has to be the NFC, that was not played this year. So... Technically, it could have been the NFC South or East as well, right? Not just correct. Yes, correct. It could have been any of those, but it it would have had to be the fourth place division. Got it. Okay. Okay, that that wasn't too too bad. I think you definitely need a cheat sheet on the side to keep track of it, but it's not too bad. Not too bad. And again, this isn't something that you should like. You need to know off the top of your head. But no, no one knows this. No one knows this, right? But I think it would be fun a year or two later, like I'm going to remember some of this and be like, Oh, we placed last. I guess we're going to mm-hmm. play like the, the Jaguars next year or something. Like that. So, so I guess my last question is, is it looks like, um, I guess within the divisions, like North, uh, West, East, uh, and South, I think that's oh. what I'm missing. Who decides, or is it just like random or like, this is like the structure that they have to follow, but whether they play the East or the South or the West is like, a whole different story right yeah so i think it was already like predetermined and structured and they just do like a cycle and rotation got it okay okay yeah perfect because i think there was like a video on youtube if you guys ever want to watch too i think it was like the art of making an nfl schedule mm-hmm. and they they actually try to match up i think some divisions to, to bring good games <laughs> oh, i see or like games that people want to see you know because imagine having the jags and the dolphins play you know on primetime Monday. Wow. It's the fact that that happens every, anyways. Okay, um, anyway, we talked about matchups. We talked about all that. So 
Let's talk about the big game, the Super Bowl, right? People talk about that all the time. How do you even get to the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, I, it's, this is probably going to be, I would say, the quickest and shortest section of this whole thing. Um, so how does your team get to the Super Bowl? Uh, the path is not too hard. It starts um, outside of, you know, the offseason of training and all that. Uh, I'd like to start with the preseason, you know, because that's when, you know, you get your first NFL action. Players actually play other teams. So it starts in about August with the Hall of Fame preseason game. Uh, that's to kick off the preseason uh, festivities or whatever, the, the four weeks of preseason before we get into the regular season. And it's called uh, the Hall of Fame game because in 1962, the Hall of Fame broke ground to build their main building. So this is like the Football Hall of Fame building, and it is in Canton, Ohio. That's why this game is always played in Canton, Ohio. So it's like a tradition. Um, the only four times that this game has not been played since uh, 1962 was... Uh, one, one game was really long ago. There was no game during the first season after the AFL and the NFL merged. There was no game in 2011 because I'm an NFL lockout. Uh, this is kind of similar to what me and RJ mentioned, I think, a few episodes ago about the players' uh, CBA or collective uh, bargain agreement. They could not agree on it, so then there was no game. Um, in 2016, there was bad field conditions, and then in 2020, COVID hit. So only four times uh, in history that this Hall of Fame game has not been played. So it's like a big part of the preseason. It's really then, funny because I remember the 2016 game and uh-huh. how it was like canceled for bad field conditions. And I was like, oh, I guess that happens all the time. Like, <laughs> happens oh, all just the a time, little bit right? of rain. I guess no one plays then. But no, it's like the first it was like the first time it got canceled because of because of like weather. the weather. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um and so now we move on to what the preseason is. It's just a period of four games where teams can see their players in action before the real season starts. And this is really important from a team perspective and a player perspective because the teams want to see their players because in the offseason uh, leading up like all the way to the, the regular season, teams are able to roster up to 90 players. Um, however, when the regular season starts, you have to cut down from 90 players to 53 players. So in essence, in a very blunt way, if I'm doing my math correctly, 37 people lose their jobs. You know, they get fired essentially from, from the roster, you know, they get fired from the team. So uh, after week one of the preseason, you have to cut down five players. Uh, So you go from 90 to 85 after the week two of the preseason, you go from 90 to 80. And then by the start of the regular season, you need to be down from uh, 80 to 53. And it's like a chance for, and I guess to, to, to go back to what I was saying, from a player's perspective, it's a chance for less established players to really show what they can do and hopefully earn a spot on the team. So that's the preseason. Um, moving on, we got the regular season. Sorry, I thought it was going to be short, but I guess it's long, but I think it's easy to understand than like a schedule because even I got a little bit confused with the schedule. Now, when the regular season comes around, you know, there's 17 games, like RJ said, you're playing teams that are in your conference as well as the other conference. If your team is good enough, then you make the playoffs. Um, if you continue to win the playoffs, because in the play in the NFL playoffs, playoffs, it's do or die. It's not like uh, in the NBA where, you know, you're playing best four out of seven. I think that's how the math works for, yeah, that's four out of seven. So uh, you have to keep winning. And that's basically your ticket and path to the Super Bowl. Awesome. Yeah. So thank you for giving like a roadmap of like how you get from like day one to day 
last day of the of the actual season yeah, fast forward like six months yeah fast forward like six months because i feel like when you're in like the regular season or when you're going through the motions of preseason or you're drafting it just feels like it goes by so fast exactly Everything and so thank like, you for slowing it down 100 yeah. so you mentioned regular season 17 games now how do you get into the playoffs right that's how that's your ticket into the super bowl as well right so we start off with the anatomy of the playoffs Simply put, there's a total of 14 teams that make the playoffs, seven from each conference. It used to only be six, if I remember, and then they added a seventh team for the wild card. Yeah, I think it just happened this past season. So 2021 and 2022 season is when you had that extra team, I believe. Or it could have been the year prior, but it was basically very recent. Correct. Yes. And so how the playoffs are structured is that it's based off of a seating and for those seven teams, you're seated one through seven, and the higher seated team plays the lower seated team. So one would play seven, two plays six, three plays, so on and so forth, correct? Mm-hmm. And the only, I guess, challenging part is how are these teams actually seated? So it's technically split up between two tiers, the top four, the division leaders, and the last three, the wild card, which is called the wild, the wild card club. So yes. The top four are the division leaders with the best overall record, second best, third best, and fourth best overall records. Yes. Pretty simple, pretty self-explanatory. I think this, one, mm-hmm. one thing to point out for this, uh, for the division leaders is that there's, there's always going to be at least one team in each division that makes the playoffs, no matter how bad that division is. And I, I mentioned this, I, I vividly remember, I think last year it was the division with the Cowboys. Correct. That was the uh, NFC East. The NFC East, a team that lost more games than they won games, made it to the playoffs because that whole division was so bad. I think they were sitting at somewhere between six to seven wins a team, mm-hmm. meaning that they lost uh, like nine to ten games. Nine to ten games, yeah. And they yeah, snuck in. And they, yeah. they, they still made the playoffs because the rules are stating that, you know, at least one team for each division has to make it to the playoffs. Correct. Yes. And so now we trickle down to the last three, the wild card club. And the last three teams are pretty much teams. In order to get into the wild card club, you have to be a team that did not win the division, which is sad, but yes. it's still a ticket into the playoffs. And how that works is that you pretty much rank the top three teams as the teams with the best record, second best, and the third best record. Mm-hmm. And something to note, which you actually alluded to, is that even if a wild card team has a better record than a division leader, the wild card team must be seated as the as the last three teams. They can't be the fourth seed or the third seed, even though they have a higher record than the yes, third or yes. fourth seed. They're bound like to the technicality thing. Exactly. Yes, because mm-hmm. they just value winning the division more than your actual record, which some people argue, but I mean, that's just how the NFL is structured. Yeah. So that's the easy part, unfortunately. Because now we get to the <laughs> oh, hard no. part which is the tiebreakers, which always make me scratch my head every single season. And to be honest, I did my research and I don't know if I got a better understanding or I just got, got more even more overwhelmed because there are 12 different criterias that the NFL goes to okay. and they go from one to 12, but they okay. stop once the tie is over. So for division tiebreakers, let's say the Raiders and the Chiefs both end the season undefeated. How do they figure it out? First, it's head-to-head record. Then it's win-loss. So head-to-head record is, hey, Raiders, how many times did the Raiders beat the Chiefs? In that, in, in, in the current season. In the current season, yes. Okay. Let's say they, they split 1-1. One, one. 
Now we have the win-loss percentage within the division. So how well did they both do within their own division, which would be the AFC West? They look at that. Oh, so they, so they only look at the pool. So, so the sample size is only games played within the division. Correct. And then we're hoping that one team has a better win percentage. So Correct. we can stop going down this list. Stop the madness. But let's say you don't. Now you do win-loss percentage in common games. So now you look at teams that they both played. Let's say ah, y'all okay. both played the NFC North. So you mm-hmm. look at how well he played in the NFC North and the other and the other divisions. Let's say y'all still tied. <laughs> what do you do? Now you look at the whole conference. How well did you do in the whole entire AFC? Okay. Now this is when it gets so interesting. I, I didn't even know this was a term. Strength of victory. Strength like, what does victory. that even mean? Yeah. It is the combined record of all the teams that you beat. So let's say you had a really easy, like, let's say you, you beat some bad teams. Guess what? That hurts you in the end. Okay. Yeah. Because, because you, because a win against a bad team is not as good as a win against a good team. Right. Correct. Yes. Okay. Now, but in the case that, you know, that's a tie. Yes. Miraculously. uh What happens? Strength of schedule. Now it's not just the teams you beat. It's everyone you played. Because a loss does not equal a loss against a good team and a bad team. <laughs> you're, you're right. You're right. Okay. Right? And then let's just say the same. Yes. Uh-huh. Carbon what, copy. What, what, what number you know? are we on? What, what, what number? Seven. Seven. Okay. Now we do points scored in the conference. And the whole AFC. Y'all tied. Y'all didn't did score you, anything. How many points did you score? Yes, exactly. In the con- Or scored and allowed. So it's net. Right. Oh, oh so it's plus minus. Thing. Yeah. Okay. 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 Then they do God. it in the whole league if you're still tied. Mm-hmm. Then you do net points in just the common game. So now they went from small. Now they went big. Go down to small. Mm-hmm. Common games yes, down, down to small. Yes. Now net points in all games. Now they they blow it up again. Not just in the conference. It's everything now. Moving on to eleven. It's now net touchdowns. And if that's the same, it's my favorite one. Coin toss. Uh-huh. You know what's <laughs> funny? I I want to know if there was a season where I had to come down to this. Like, why do you have 11, like, I guess, contingencies before your damn coin toss? Correct. Who was mad enough to think of all of this? <laughs> it's crazy. I wonder if the team gets to elect a representative for the coin toss. Oh, and here's another thing. Who, coin, who calls the coin toss? If everything's even, who gets to call heads or tails? Or does it get assigned? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I think it has to get assigned mm-hmm. because that, that's the most fair way you split it straight down the middle. Because I highly doubt anyone would, you know, take offense to being heads over tails or tails over heads. Mm, very true. And don't worry for the wild card. It's essentially the same thing, but the only Got major it. change is that the win loss percentage in common games has to at least be four games. Okay. So if they don't have four common games, that one gets tossed out. You go down the list. Oh, man, that was fun. But I'm, I'm glad we're over all these rules. <laughs> okay. I think the last section here that we have to talk about is overtime. And we bring up overtime this, uh, I guess, this season is because overtime rules actually changed this season. Um, owners voted on it or teams voted on it, and it actually passed. So, Overtime rules stay the same for the regular season. However, for the postseason, which is also known as the playoffs, um, it has changed a little bit. And I guess to preface this section, um, overtime rules get changed pretty often, I would say, in the NFL. There's 
always some league round disagreements on how overtime is structured uh, amongst both players and owners. So let's give you a quick uh, overview of overtime. So the overtime rules before 2022 were the same for a regular season and postseason. And how it worked is you would have uh, the winner of the coin toss. So the, uh, the person who, the team who gets to choose uh, whether it's heads or tails is always the visiting team. So the winner of the coin toss can elect to receive or kick the ball if they win. Uh, sorry, no, it's the winner of the coin toss. Uh, they get to elect that. However, 100% of teams will choose to receive the ball first because if the first team to possess the ball scores a touchdown on their first possession, they win the game. Uh, the other team will not have a chance at a rebuttal. So you always want the ball first in overtime, the way it's structured. Um, however, if the first team to possess the ball scores a field goal, basically anything besides the touchdown, then the other team has a chance to tie it with the field goal or whichever method uh, the other team scored, basically just to even out the, the numbers again, the, the scoreboard. Uh, or what they could do is they could just close the game out with the touchdown as well because both teams already had a chance at the ball. Now in the 22 season, all that stays the same for the regular season. However, for the postseason, uh, it has been tweaked a little bit. Now the team that had to uh, basically kick the ball or was defending on the first possession of overtime, that team will also get a chance at rebuttal, even if they allow a TD. So it doesn't matter if the first, the, the first team to touch the ball scores a TD or not. Everyone gets a chance or each offense uh, gets a chance at playing or showing what they can do, hopefully get a touchdown after both teams have had a chance to possess the ball and it, it is still a tie and there's still time in overtime. Um, then it becomes sudden death per the usual. I'm always so mixed between the overtime rules because, you know, before I used to be like a really big defensive guy. And so I always think, you know, like the team with the better defense should win and walk away like the winner. Right. Yes. And so, like, if you give up the first touchdown, like, did you, did you deserve to win? And then, like, now people are complaining, oh, it's an offensive league. Like, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, all these other players should have a chance. So, I think I'm okay with that now just because it, I think it makes more exciting games, more exciting overtime games. But you get to see more. And in a way, I feel like it's a little bit more fair because mm-hmm. each team gets an even shot again at showcasing what they can do. I agree. Yeah, because I guess the problem is, like, when you have, like, an like a powerhouse offense against like a team that is also a powerhouse offense and they have a bad defense, they don't get a mm-hmm. shot. Right. And yeah, you don't get a shot. And it's kind of their fault. Right. Yeah. Cause it so. was based on a coin flip. Exactly. And I think that's where they should just assign it again. Uh, I actually don't know the real truth behind this, but if I had to assume the, the changes only, um, I guess, only apply to the postseason. I think is because those games are higher stakes. Um, mm, a lot of, coaches are very opposed they're very opposed to even preseason games and overtime it's because uh for preseason games it's kind of like these are kind of games that don't matter in a sense because they don't apply to your record it doesn't help you make the super bowl it can indirectly help your team make the super bowl because you know you're choosing which players to cut which players to keep but uh that that's a different story but when it comes to uh overtime in uh the regular season it's because these players are playing a pretty high contact uh in a way dangerous sport for four quarters already you put them through another overtime and there's 17 games in a season now there's the extra game you know 
these players are humans, you know, they, they have bodies, they need to recover too. So a lot of people in some ways are opposed against how much you have to play. Exactly. And there's always that human aspect, which you just mentioned. But that being said, Ryan, that's all I had for this episode. Yes, sir. That is all I had as well. So to everyone that has made it this far, thank you for listening. And hopefully you learned one more thing or two about the NFL. Uh, Share the podcast with your friends and follow us on Twitter at that's the T 2020. We'll catch you guys again next week when we start talking about the draft. We'll start outlining some top prospects, um, talk a little bit about how the draft works and basically it will be enough to get you through a draft conversation at work. And that's the T. That's the T. Take care, y'all.